As soon as we finish here, Sergeant Davenport is going to lead on house-to-house -house inquiries to find out if anyone saw anything suspicious between Friday evening and Monday morning. Meanwhile, the rest of us need to get to work on identifying the body. She wasn't carrying any documents, so the best bet is probably the distinctive tattoos that she's got on her forearms. Andrews, I'm putting you in charge of searching the missing persons database to see if you can find a match. Anna brought up a sequence of pictures showing the inner surfaces of the wrists and forearms of the young woman whose body had been found in the grave. Both arms were decorated with floral designs. The right arm had thin green stems winding up from the wrists almost to the elbow with curling tendrils, delicate leaves and a few bluish-purple flowers. The plant adorning the right arm was unmistakably red clover, the distinctive trefoil leaves, trailing stems and purple-pink flowers were recognisable to anyone who had been for a walk in the countryside in summer, or who had struggled to maintain a weed-free lawn. "'Are those the only tattoos?' asked Rupert Andrews, a tall detective sergeant with a mop of unruly black hair. "'Yes. Why?' I was only thinking, sir, that it's a strange place to have them. I mean, people usually either have tattoos where they'll be noticed, on the face or the outside of the arms, for example, or else hidden away so that only intimate friends know about them. On the inside of the arms, they'd have been visible except when she was wearing long sleeves, but nobody could see the designs properly unless she held out her arms specially to show them off. Andrews is right, Anna agreed. It would be more natural to have them on the outside of her arms. Perhaps that tells us something about her psychology, but I'm not sure what exactly. Well, the main thing is that they are very distinctive, Peter said not wishing to be diverted into speculation about the victim's state of mind. If she hasn't been reported missing, they may still help us with finding out who she is. Philipson? Yes, sir, Monica answered eagerly. I'd like you to do the rounds of local tattoo studios, asking them if they remember doing either of these. You may have to go back a few years. Mike reckoned she's at least twenty-five, probably older, so she could have had them done up to about ten years ago. Right you are, Monica said brightly, pleased to have been given a distinct role in the operation. I'll get on to it right away. We'll know more after the PM, Peter went on, but that won't be until tomorrow, so in the meantime, Here's a basic description to go with the photographs. Anna displayed a form, on which were recorded basic data about the victim. The woman was five feet six inches tall, and of slim build. She was white, with long straight hair, which was black, 
but showing a mousy brown at the roots. Her eyes were light brown. She was wearing a pink off-the-shoulder evening dress and red court shoes. Wrapped around her body, between her skin and the green plastic sheeting, was a long purple coat, made of a woven woolen fabric. Her age was estimated as being between 27 and 32. That's about all we've got to go on for now, Peter concluded. Andy, I want you to help Andrews. It'll be good experience for you to get to grips with the database. Everyone else, apart from Monica, you're to assist Anna with the house-to-house. -house. I've got to get off to a press conference. The media are clamouring to know what's going on to warrant closing the cemetery.